Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs at the Club, your University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, joined by fellow co-host, couldn't be more stoked to be here. I'm speaking for him, Dallas Hammer. Dallas, how's it going? It's not going well, Brian. So I, I typically like my life, and I typically like to enjoy the time I have outside of work and outside of Tubbs. So I waited until just a couple days ago to watch all of the Vandals' Big Sky games. And it drove me so wild, I pulled all of my hair out. I am completely bald now. Thank you, Zach Kloss. Which means we have to give you a new title because with with hair like that, you're at, you're not producing, but you're clearly seducing at a level similar to producer seducer Martin Heemstra holding it down in Moscow. How's it going, dude? It's going good. It's nice to have Moscow alive again after the night after winter break. Um... Happy to be back. Happy to have the show back again after it seems like longer than two weeks off. Yeah, it was uh, was a little bit of a break. Uh, Jason, Mary in the comment section, uh, Hammer Chic, goddamn right. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a break. And look, listeners, I'm just going to ask you to buckle up because historically, when Tubbs takes a break, uh, let's just say amateur hour is a little. It's a little bit more hardcore, you might say. Uh, than other weeks so uh bear with us while we get back into this look we're gonna we're gonna push talking about uh the basketball team back for just a couple more minutes um, before we hit we're in around the bar brought to us by hughes river expedition uh real quick last football notes to talk on for the 2022 season yes it's 2023 uh south dakota state wins the fcs uh, national championship beating the shit out of north dakota state 45 to 21 uh, bring this up because look, I, I watched the game. Martin, did you watch the FCS championship? Nope. Martin's shaking his head. Okay, so I guess this is Marceau filibustering for a second. Uh, quick takeaways from that are um, one thing is good for the FCS that a team that's not North Dakota State not only won but won convincingly. South Dakota State just looked like the stronger program today, uh, or you know, a week ago when they beat North Dakota state. Uh, but the, the other thing that I, I just saw is watching that game is South Dakota state. They clearly, and this, this is not surprised anyone in my mind who watched Idaho football. You can just tell the South Dakota state is probably the actualized version of what Jason X trying to do in, at Idaho. And it was, it was pretty fun to watch, but also, you know, my, my reaction to was that Idaho is just not yet big enough. To, to hang with teams like North Dakota State, South Dakota State. We knew that was going to take time. But watching South Dakota State just dismantle North Dakota State and North Dakota State absolutely annihilated University of Montana earlier in the FCS playoffs. Uh, it just, just ranked through that if you're going to get to the top four or five in the nation, in the FCS, you got to be real damn good on both sides of the ball. Uh, but Dallas, I'm going to throw it to you because I know you didn't watch the game, but I want your take on NCAA move the game from ESPN Saturday to ABC Sunday. Um, I'm going to let you explain why that worked or why that did not. Uh, the data is in. Um, viewership was down about 0.3 million from what a, a typical FCS championship is. But uh, not holding you back any longer, Dallas. Uh, your thoughts on FCS football on Sundays. The dumbest decision I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. And I've watched Zach Kloss coach basketball teams. I I do not understand why you would put this up on an NFL Sunday. On a Sunday, sure, if it's in 
I don't know, March. Great. I don't have anything going on on a Sunday in March unless it's maybe some golf or something. But why? There's no, there's not like there's this like this gap of people that care about FCS and not NFL. Brian, you are probably one of the few people I know that cares more about FCS football than the NFL. But that's not like that's not normal across the country. Like you are one of a, a select few group of people that would watch that game at any point it was aired. I would have watched that game if it was on at any other time other than NFL Sunday, the final regular season. The Rams have been dead in the water since week three when all the injuries hit. And I still picked the NFL over the FCS. I, I love this level. I have been invested in this level for over a decade at this point. I, I like the FBS more, but I don't, don't want to start that argument. There is no good reason to have put this game up against the NFL games. I, I, it was almost like ESPN knew what they were doing. I know they own the rights and they should want people to watch the game. But counter-programming only works if you're doing something like, I don't know, let's put The Bachelor on against the NFL. Yeah, sure, that's a completely different group of people. Putting the FCS National Championship game against the NFL, you're just you're you're not going to get people to leave the NFL broadcasts to come watch this and it was just a stupid decision brian what it reminded me of is dallas do you remember in the covid year or no it was the year after not 2020 but 2021 ncaa tournament do you remember when uh kind of made news that the ncaa for the men's basketball tournament had of course kick-ass weight facilities arranged and oh. then for the women's they had like a yoga mat and yep. four or five dumbbells where the max was like eight pounds or something like that Mm -hmm. so this reminded me fcs championship on sunday reminded me of that um, not because look the field itself was fine attendance was near max capacity the environment on the field looked great but the reason i say that is look the ncaa really cares about some stuff and really doesn't care about other stuff and mm -hmm. uh, you know not giving female athletes real weight training facilities while giving men you know elite level weight training facilities for their championship uh it let you know which side the ncaa cared about Th having this game here it felt like the decision was outsourced to an intern maybe maybe something better but that that was my takeaway here but um football 2022 fcs is officially over we're mm -hmm. uh captain 58 in the comments section saying crowd and frisco sounded great because it did it looked it that did look like a very fun environment uh, i'm glad both schools had good attendance jason mayor in the comment section saying sdsu had the beef on both sides of the line absolutely that's why south dakota state beat the shit out of north dakota state we have to move on now and it is time we are officially talking basketball and i'm sure martin's gonna have martin's already got the uh <laughs> If you're a live viewer, you can see underneath, dread it, run from it, veggie season still arrives. If you're new and you don't know what we mean when we say veggie, veggie season, it's an old joke in the comment section. Pretty sure it's courtesy of Rackets at 69, where uh, he would want us to not talk about basketball during the coaching search last year. And I would force everyone to talk about basketball. He racket hits eventually called it veggies and uh, me forcing everyone to eat their veggies. And from then on men's basketball has been veggies and we're officially entering produce season. Brian, I have to derail you very quickly. I really appreciate your commitment to explaining that to the new listeners, but I'm also very much considering your mental state and concerned for you that you think we have new listeners during basketball. I think every new listener we picked up in the last two years has left by now. 
That's reasonable, but and again, like everyone knows, we're just trying to not talk about basketball. We've had dudes in the hashtag only tubs Discord join at patreon.com backslash tubs of the club. We've had people ask, Hey, like, I think it's funny, but what in God's name does veggies come from? That's what it comes from. So, look, we're we now have to actually, actually talk basketball, and uh, I'm gonna put Dallas on the shelf for about 10 set more than 10 seconds. So, gotta run through, we're about halfway through the men's basketball season. Right now, Idaho sits at six and eleven overall, four and eleven against Division One teams. Uh, very, very basic rundown of how the season's gone. Um, Idaho opened up the year losing at Denver, uh, sixty-eight to sixty-three. Idaho did not pick up a Division One win until their sixth D one game of the season, seventh total game of the season. That's against Pacific on uh, November twenty fifth. That was an eighty four eighty one win. Uh, so I'm bringing that up because Idaho opens with a lot of D1 losses, uh, losing losing at Omaha, uh, at home against Cal State Bakersfield, at home against Utah Tech, at Cal Poly, for the win at Pacific. Idaho has a very short three-game winning streak against Pacific, 84-81, then beats Northern Illinois at home, 84-47, uh, beats North Dakota at home, 76-66, then uh, – Dropped a game to UC Riverside. Not going to talk about Northwest Indian College because I don't count sub-D1 games. Last win of the season came on December 19th at Cal State Northridge, 76-73. And since then, Idaho cruised into the close of -of out-of-conference schedule and the beginning of the conference slate on a six-game losing streak. That's uh, that sorry, five game losing streak, most recent. And we're Idaho's own foreign conference play with losses at Montana state, 72 to 58 at Montana, 67, 56 at home against Sacramento state, 85, 83 and at home against Portland state last week, 74, 58. All of that is to say things are not going that well on the season, uh, but got to keep in mind here. Idaho's strength of schedule is, catastrophically terrible to land at four and 11 right now. uh, Idaho has the 341st ranked strength of schedule in the nation. So the 341st worst schedule out of 363 non-conference they're number 345. So look, that's the macro on the season. Clearly the season's not going well. So this part of the discussion is going to be short Dallas. I'm going to bring you back in uh, what's gone well for Idaho basketball so far. Isaac Jones, um, to me, is about the one thing that has gone well for Idaho basketball. It It is so extraordinarily unfortunate that Idaho is, a, yet again, completely terrible and we're going to get into all of those reasons guys um i've got a bunch of i got a bunch of quote unquote fun stats fun like a brain aneurysm isaac jones might be the best vandal i've ever seen since i've been covering this team and since i've been a student since i've been you know between tubs and student when i was in the media isaac jones is i think the best player i have ever seen put on an idaho uniform and unfortunately he could be I don't think the team's going to win enough to be the to give him a chance at truly being the player of the year. But I think anybody with eyes could tell you that Isaac Jones is the best player in this conference, and it is a thrill to watch him. That's what's going well for Idaho. Every time you see him on the court, it feels like he's going to put up a double double with twenty plus points. Yeah, Isaac Jones, six foot nine center, transfer from Wenatchee Valley Community College, came over with assistant coach uh, Jeremy Harden. Uh, Jones, he's he's a post. 
He is not a stretch post. He's an old school back to the basket or face up post. He's a, he's a real strong athlete. He dunks a shit ton in, in all the games. He's leading the big sky in big sky play. Jones is second league in scoring at 22.5 points per game uh, on the season. His, one of the things that's wild about Jones is he scores so damn effortlessly on the season. He's shooting 70.6% from the field. Most of those are a lot of those are close range shots, but Jones is not a guy who just, he's not a rim runner. He has post moves. He has touch around the basket. He has touch from, you know, within about 15 feet. He is truly the best center I have ever seen watching big sky basketball. And I'm going back to 2014 as my reference point, getting back into the big sky when Idaho rejoined the big sky. But this is a guy who could be playing at a lot of other schools. He's a real strong rebounder too. He also leads the big sky and block shots at about one and a half per game right now. Uh, he, man, he's everything you could, I know could have possibly hoped for. I think he is brain dead. The, the best player in the big sky. I think he's brain dead. The most skilled post in the big sky. It's incredible that we get to see this dude, even if the team sucks, which it does. It's worth watching Idaho just to watch Isaac Jones play. Dude's been big sky conference player of the week twice in this season against Sacramento state. He didn't quite break the program record for points in a game, but Jones scored 42 points on 26 shots, uh, which if you're curious about the advanced stats on that, that's called good uh, 42 points, man, 26 shots. He just scores effortlessly. Uh, he's going to make money playing basketball might not be in the NBA just because of like frame athleticism, stuff like that. He's a good athlete, but you know, just at the NBA, it's a different question. Especially no at six, nine. And like you said, he's a, he's, an old school post six, nine, not probably going to get it done. In the NBA. Right. Sorry, Brian. Right. Right. But I'm just bringing up this guy is going to make money somewhere. This guy is going to have a career playing basketball somewhere. He he's good. That's it. It's he's a joy to watch. Um, other things going well for Idaho one. I mean, I can't believe I blew through this. Well, actually I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to the, the coaching point. Cause we did the same thing that every media entity talking about basketball has done with Idaho, which is we buried the lead on accident. Um, freshman, Nigel Burris, he's a six, seven stretch four. he's been a nice complimentary piece. Uh, his averages are not, you know, like lighting the world on fire by any means, you know, on the season, Nigel Burris is averaging, uh, just under 10 points a game, 9.6 uh, per game, but he's shooting 43.6% from three. That's as a four in the big sky. Real nice complimentary piece uh, playing, starting as a true freshman. He's starting because Taryn Frank had transferred from Vanderbilt, uh, went down with an injury, which really an awful dislocated ankle for Taryn Frank against Pacific, which we, we hope the dude recovers as quickly as he can. But uh, hot take, Nigel Burris is a better fit for this lineup and he yeah, Burris should have been starting day one. Um, also, use of Solly, his how Solly's been doing on the season. It's kind of a mix. He's shooting thirty four percent from three on the season, averaging seven point five points per game. He's a solid role player. He's a good defender. Uh, probably accrues about half of the total uh, charges, uh, like earned charges on defense defensive side of the ball that Idaho has on the whole season. Uh, those are my uh, two two ones to hit on. Anything else you want to touch on, real quick, Dallas? Um, for highlights of the season, um, that win against Pacific is going to be the highlight of the season. Uh, Pacific is currently 10 and nine. Um, no other team Idaho has beaten has more than four division one wins. So that went well. Um, that was a pretty good win against a former Vandal head coach. That's about all I got. Yeah. Leonard Perry coaches at Pacific and he's the head coach there because of that whole interim thing. 
uh, which is why we have our head coach. But look, we're going to get into the bat into the rest of the season. But Dallas, I, I can't believe both of us forgot to, to bring this up because this has actually been an annoyance I've had with any entity covering Idaho basketball. There is a story with an Idaho basketball as big as the season itself, which is Zach Kloss entered into this season. Uh, he's a lame duck coach. He, it would have been $75,000 to buy out his contract at the end of last season. Terry Golick decided, you know what, uh, Zach Kloss is building something. I haven't. People from Tubbs emailed Terry Golick and they definitely got all same versions of the response of like, hey, it takes time to build a program. I, I got a uh, not let's just say not so cheery message from her uh, saying a version of the exact same thing that it takes time to build a program. Yeah, uh, just and, ask Jason Eck how long it takes to build a program. Yeah, it does take a while. Yeah, Zach Kloss in his fourth year um, on the sidelines for University of Idaho, third full year as the official head coach, but he's been the guy calling the shots for four total seasons. Uh, last season, Idaho picked up, I think, nine, was it nine D1 wins last year, Martin? Or was it seven D1 yeah, wins? Uh, I think it was, might have been seven. Brian, don't forget to talk about his resume that got, that, that they shared on a broadcast. Oh, good Lord. It, sorry, we, bearing the lead, not bearing the season itself. Yeah, I took a picture of it. Um, look, it's hard to if you're writing any sort of PR for Idaho, Kloss just gives you nothing to work with. Martin's talking about a, a screen capture I took of the from the Sacramento State game where it ran through uh, Kloss's background and it alluded to his time as an assistant coach without acknowledging Kloss was an assistant coach. Seven Idaho's first three seasons with Kloss, the Vandals averaged 20 wins per game, which is true when Don Verlin was the head coach. Martin's putting the the clip up there. Uh, look, Tubbs of the club has been clear that we've been out on Zach Kloss for a very long time. And we've been clear that if you have a brain, you should have been out on Zach Kloss for a long time. Uh, Terry Gollick seems to disagree. Um, so we, I got to jump in here, Brian, just to, to make sure that we hammer this point home completely. Zach Kloss has never won double digit games in a season. He only won nine games last year. Seven of them were division one. Good God. Had to correct that stat there when you, you Thank gave you. him credit for almost 11 wins. He didn't even reach 10. Okay. Seven D1 wins last year. Idaho's at four D1 wins this year. And the COVID, the COVID year, the weird season, Idaho picked up a single D1 win. Uh, so anyway, look, Kloss is essentially coaching for his, has to be coaching for his life. Uh, if, if Terry Gollick wants to remain a legitimate figure uh, as an athletic director. Uh, well, I hope he's there's... not coaching for his life because he, buddy, you're going to need some help. Well, he's a lame duck coach. And that's why I say like, this has been buried in my mind when other entities talk about this. I, I don't know if it's uncouth to reference dude's a lame duck, but he is. And this is where we're at. So uh, now Dallas, maybe the more fun part for you, you've been on the shelf a little bit. Um, well, sorry, I got a, one good point too, before we hit here, Devonte Moffitt's averaging about 17 points per game. We're going to hit on him in the other part as well. He's a transfer from, um, uh, Seattle Pacific D2 school. He, Moffitt's a strong athlete. He can penetrate well. He's been a good, he's been able to score. He's not a shooter, but he can score. Uh, Moffitt has had moments where he's looked strong, uh, but we're going to probably hit on Moffitt in the next section as well. Uh, not trying to call out players, but just talking about what's happened on the season. Dallas. What's not working out well? Um, everything is not working out well. Uh, let's just let's just be frank. Uh, not Taryn Frank, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully he heals he heals up. But nothing is going well outside of Isaac Jones. Brian, nothing to me is going well. This team is a complete joke. Um, their strength of schedule it was in the bottom sixty ish teams. It's not above. It's not in the top three hundred teams. Let's let's put it that way. It's so in the bottom Idaho, 20. 
it, it depends on some people I've, I've seen it rank differently, but in essentially, yes, it, it is a bottom 25 strength of schedule. And Idaho has again, four division one wins, uh, offensive rating. If you look at some of their, the, the, the raw stats, Idaho's offensive rating is actually 40th in the entire country, but that's because of the strength of schedule. When you adjust that down to the quality of the opponent, it drops down to 226th. Um, their defensive rating is 257th in the nation. And then when you adjust it for the strength of schedule, it drops down to 345th. So Idaho, while it looked and, and some people were convinced, I saw it on Twitter. I saw people thinking, and maybe is that class was turning the corner. Even in the Montana game, one of the broadcasters said, Idaho looking a lot better this year. No. Idaho looked better because they played a bunch of weaklings in non-conference to make themselves look better. They rolled into to conference here and Brian, it's just, it's been, it's just been disappointing and sad. Um, Idaho is allowing people to shoot 40.5% from three point range. It's the fourth worst percentage in the entire country. Zach Kloss spoke at the beginning of the year about how they didn't need to make any defensive changes. And the, the issue was that the players that were here weren't trying hard enough. And that he finally had the right group of guys in here to really commit because defense is about energy and commitment. And can, here, Idaho. Can I jump in real quick? Go he'll, for it. He'll jump right to your point. Um, it was a question from Peter Harriman at the first press conference of the season asking if Kloss felt the, the uh, issues from last season were strategy or personnel. And Kloss said personnel. He did not acknowledge any strategic issues. When he talked specifics about, if you can use that term, about what Idaho needed to do better. It was vague stuff like rebound and like get guys who will commit to playing tough defense. It was mm -hmm. very, the, it was clear the arrow, the bus was pointed at the roster from last season. Now, mm -hmm. Hey, if that's what you believe, Idaho has a, essentially an entirely new roster, which we've already talked about some of the dudes. That's what Dallas is getting at. Take it away. Well, and last year's roster was an entirely new roster from the COVID year. It, this is, we're, we're just seeing the same thing repeating over and over and over here. And that's why I, it happened during football season. And I know the few people that are listening probably heard it. I ripped into Zach Kloss every chance I got during football season because that, that pissed me off. Like, I know I occasionally like harp too much on a player. And that's something that I like, I go back and listen to these shows and like, be like okay, look, they're kids. Like you gotta be nicer about this Dallas, but the coach threw last year's roster under the bus like they were the problem. And he, then here we go again. It's the same dog shit program that just is not fun to watch, Brian. There's Isaac Jones and there's, there's nothing else. Idaho, this was a really fun stat for me. Idaho is shooting 56.2% from field goal range. 19th highest number in the entire fucking country. And Idaho has four Division One wins. That's how awful this team is. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, hold up. You mean true shooting percentage or effective field goal percentage, correct? On the season, uh, yes, Idaho, sorry. Like, yes, yes, their straight sorry. field goal percentage is 48. I missed a word there. Their effective field goal percentage is extraordinarily high. And um, no, actually, no, I was correct. Sorry. Two point per, their percentage of two point field goals only. Sorry. Okay. Not three pointers. Take the three pointers out of there. From two point range, again, my, my notes here are scattered, guys, because I, I hate this team. Uh, 19th in the country from from two. Now, three-point range, obviously, shooting one of the worst 75 in the country. But, Brian, I just don't understand how anybody can watch this team and think Zach Kloss is the guy that's supposed to be in charge. Yeah, one thing I want to hit on defensively before talking some of the offensive numbers is um, this team is bigger 
than la- than last year's roster. There's some more complementary pieces. It, it looks like a team of better athletes for sure. Dallas is reconnecting live viewers. If you're curious, but like a f- defensive efficiency on Ken Palm, which look that's an analytic metric. We don't obsess over just the accrual of stats. We it's of course eye test and stats at the exact same time. But uh, defensive efficiency for Idaho this season, Idaho is the 345th worst defensive team in the nation, which is honestly virtually identical to their rankings in the last couple of years. Last season, Idaho finished at 347th. By the way, that was against a much harder strength of schedule than this team has played so far. In the COVID year, that team, the COVID year team, which was the worst big sky team in the 21st century based off scoring margin, that team defensively was the number 349. So Idaho, truly, there's been no difference defensively over the last last three seasons that in ter- terms of uh, being able to actually put up stops when they need to. Uh, but the I guess the more di- disappointing thing has been, look, you got to throw some of the macro stats for Idaho out the window when you're talking on the offensive side because scoring over 120 in both the sub-D1 games really pumped their overall offensive numbers up. Outside of Isaac Jones, and Isaac Jones is an elite very good offensive player. Idaho offensively is not very good. They're averaging 69 points a game on the season minus uh those minus those few those D2 games. They're averaging um 60 it's like 61 points per game in conference, which is worst in worst in the conference overall. And look the ref, reference point here is Idaho is worse defensively, sorry, worse offensively than they were last season minus Isaac Jones. They're averaging five points a game less right now than the Vandals finished last year in conference. Well, they're also, they're allowing a little bit fewer points, but also playing a little bit slower pace. They're down to 72 from 80.8 last season, but like in a macro picture, their, their defensive output is maybe minuscule better, but they're offensively, they're worse. And now I test, it took half the year to even get Isaac Jones to be the focal point of the offense. Devontae Moffitt was clearly the guy Zach Kloss wanted to run things through for much of the out-of-conference. You could see that with the gigantic numbers of high pick and rolls that Isaac Jones and Devontae Moffitt would run together, which were mostly designed to get Isaac Jones out of the way because Isaac Jones is not – he doesn't he's not a guy who sets these menacing screens. That's just not who he is, and he's not a catch-and-shoot player. Uh, Jones is great around the basket, but – Pulling the dude out for high pick and rolls does not seem to me. It to me is not close to the best use of, of a guy of that talent. Well, it took until the Montana game. That's one of our last three games before Idaho was really committing to Jones as the, as the number one guy to go through. And of course the stats have been great since then, but earlier that was not the guy Klaus wanted to go through. And minus, minus that, now that shift of figuring out, Hey, let's go to one of the best players in the nation as our top scorer. We saw it last season, guys like Mikey Dixon and Trevante Anderson bailed out Idaho because they're great ball handlers they're, who are able to create their own shots and score from outside sometimes. This team doesn't have a guy who can score from the outside and create their own shots. So what you see is a lot of times Idaho only has a couple guys moving to any given time when they have the ball and three guys who it looks like you don't understand how they can possibly break a sweat. They're waiting for catch and shoot opportunities. But look, Division one basketball. I don't care how you feel about big sky basketball overall. The other coaches know what they're doing. They see this. And that's why Idaho offensively, they're not that good. Once you take out their D two stats, like I said, they're the worst scoring team in big sky play right now. And they have the, the most efficient best score in the league on the roster Dallas. 
So, Brian, I'm going to get into a little bit of nerd territory here very quickly. So anybody that that knows me uh, on a personal level knows that I am an analytics dork. Um, I Numbers are my thing. It always has been. So I, I, I will admit that the PER efficiency, the player efficiency rating, it's a metric created by John Hollinger. Uh, he used to be the vice president of the Memphis Grizzlies back in the like the real the grit and grind era. Uh, back when they made it to the conference finals with like Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, he was the one of the guys in charge over there. Um, he's been a writer for a very long time, created this metric that is just a, supposed to simplify how a player performs in games. This is offensive weighted. It is it, The weakness in this is that it is offensive weighted. And if you're good offensively, your PER is artificially inflated. So again, this was created for the NBA. But I want to get into this with Idaho's players just in, in, in the conference season. Isaac Jones has a PER of 41.1. Anything 35 or higher is considered an all-time great season. This was an NBA metric. In the NBA, if you can get an, a PER of 35 or higher, you're having one of the best seasons in the history of basketball. And then it, it kind of trickles down from there. So Isaac Jones in four conference games, 41.1 PER. Very obviously the guy that makes everything happen for Idaho on the offensive end. The next highest PER on this team is Nigel Burris with 11.9. An 11.9 PER rating is considered somebody that should not be in your rotation. Third highest PER is Devontae Moffitt. Devontae Moffitt's 9.6 is considered fringe roster player. And every other player below that has a PER so low that it registers as not able to play in the NBA. Now, obviously, I mean when you adjust that down to college, like basically what the PER is telling us is that there's one guy that's having an incredible year, a couple guys that are like, yeah, roster good. And everybody else just doesn't belong out here. That looks bad on those kids, but it's not their fault. If you watch this team, it's literally Moffat brings the ball up the court. Three guys stand around. They do a pick and roll with Jones and Moffat will eventually either throw it to Jones, who, if he's double-teamed, sometimes passes out, sometimes scores it. He's good enough. He can just kind of score on a double-team at will. What I'm getting at here, Brian, Devontae Moffat has the 23rd highest possession number in the entire country. For anybody that doesn't know, the possession number is the amount of possessions ended by a player by either shooting and missing, shooting and scoring, or committing a turnover. Devontae Moffat is 23rd highest in the entire country, Brian. It is very obvious you're muted, by the way. It is very obvious that there is no offensive system here. It's give the point guard the ball, let him run down and play like I play NBA 2K. Pick and roll, didn't work. Pick and roll, didn't work. Pick and roll, di didn't work. Ah, fuck it, throw up the three, didn't work. Go back to the other end of the court. The, it, it, it's a disaster, Brian. There is no offensive system here. They they play a play once or twice, but like you said, all you see is, is guys like Solly Smith and let's say it's Trey Smith or... Dom Ford or Nigel Burris, whoever is the, the fifth person out there standing around while D Moffat dribbles around until somebody decides to throw up an awful shot. That's all you see out of Vandal basketball right now. Yeah. When, when Joe, now when Jones gets touches, of course he creates his own shots um, mm -hmm. down low and Jones has been a solid passer out of the, out of double teams. Some teams double seems have kind of varied what they're going to do against Jones. Uh, like Sacramento state did not really double that seven footer who they thought could handle Jones. And that did not work, but Sacramento state won. Uh, Montana sent whoever was guarding Devonte Moffitt to double Isaac Jones, regardless of where Moffitt was on the floor. So look, teams are doing different things. Uh, Idaho clearly whatever motion type of offense Idaho might might have it 
it doesn't you don't see a lot of motion on the Idaho side. And what Dallas is talking about is uh, it honestly seems like Idaho more just call more they call plays. And you'll see some actions, but a pretty common play, especially uh, if Jones is out with foul trouble, is high pick and roll for Devontae Moffitt. And not not a huge amount of movement otherwise. Sometimes they run some plays to get Moffitt in the post, which is maddening when Jones is on the floor, but whatever. Um, earlier in the season, one of the actions that Idaho used a lot to get Jones better position was to actually have Jones set back screens in the key, which created some confusion, gave him that extra, you know, split second to get to his position. That has not happened nearly as much um, over the last, you know, four or five games or so. But I don't really disagree with the basic point of if you watch Idaho, you can see there, there really isn't a lot of motion. There's clearly a strategy, but it's one that I say strategy, Dallas, because like you see the pattern of there'll be a couple guys involved in a play and two to three guys standing. And that's repeated over and over and over. So like that is an offense, but it's a strategy that's clearly dumb. It's clearly not benefiting Idaho that much. Like I said, they're the worst scoring team in big sky play right now. And the Vandals have the best, most efficient scorer in the big sky, which is pretty damn uh, impressive to land on there. Um, one, one last thing about the offense, Brian, uh, just another, again, I'm a stats dork. Idaho's assist to field goal ratio is 45.3. It's 312th in the entire country. So it's it's very obvious when you look at the stats and obviously what you're watching, it, it all lines up like you're saying. Idaho's, there's just no motion. There's no, it doesn't look like a team sport. Like not to say that the Golden State Warriors should be how every team plays basketball, but watch a Warriors game. They, I know they have Steph Curry who should end up going down as one of the 20 best basketball players of all time. But they're constantly moving the ball around and running around trying to get open. And Idaho, I'm not expecting one of the worst schools in Division One to run an offense like the Warriors. But I feel like you could take some sort of example of, well, fuck, this hasn't worked for years. Maybe we should try to change the system that we have or system that we have. Sorry for doing yeah, that. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with any of that stuff, man. Um, you know, one of the things that we've also seen, and this is, look, this is not shocking to me, uh, but it's kind of disappointing, is Rashad Smith was a returner who, uh, you know, a lot of people had pretty pretty high expectations for Rashad Smith. He was the number three scorer on the team last season. He was one of the few guys who did not transfer. And he's just not getting the same type of looks that he that he got last season where – Look, Mikey Dixon, Javante Anderson at times, you know, probably took some shots you wish they didn't, but those guys did create their penetration made defense collapse. And that kind of made some easy kickouts for guys like Rashad Smith. It's the kind of having a, your offense be uh, run by your pl- primary ball handler, where those guys are your top scorers. It can cover up a lot of, let's say, systemic deficiencies you have. Idaho doesn't have their, their primary ball handler is Devonte Moffitt, but one Moffitt can't shoot from beyond about 10 feet. And defenses know that, so they're uh, they're they're uh, they're responding as you you'd expect. Uh, but also, Moffitt over dribbles a lot compared to guys like Mikey Dixon, Trevante Anderson. So we're, Idaho just doesn't get the same type of kickout opening looks that uh, they did last season. And to Jones's credit, he will pass out when he's doubled. You know, it's been mixed results, but I've seen him make some very good passes out of a double team. Sometimes there's issues where there's not enough movement when Jones is getting doubled to get to get to those openings to give him some outlets. But 
look, Smith just isn't getting the same type of looks. You can see he's pressing it out there, which is why on the season he's shooting 33% and uh, 27.5% from three is guys trying to fit in. It's hard for him to know exactly where. Uh, Dominic Ford's a guy who I wish he would he'd be getting more minutes and he would have been getting more minutes early because Ford, uh, he's a transfer from uh, College of Southern Nevada, junior college. Uh, same, It's a higher level conference than what like North Idaho College or Wenatchee Valley are. Dom Ford averaged around 20 there. And uh, he, he looks like he has a catch and shoot game. He looks like he has an offensive game where he can take a dribble or two and get to his spot. But he he looks more comfortable now than start of the season. But he clearly needs needs more repetitions. And he didn't get them early on, even though he looks like one of the guys who you could understand averaging enough points for it to matter for this team. Um, we're going to get to talking about Eastern Washington stuff in the big sky, Dallas. But um I guess I want to talk about the tenor of the season as well, which is last year Idaho started off fast and there was some excitement. Yeah, it wore off. Idaho didn't start fast this year. And just based off how this last season, you know, kind of kind of petered out, the energy around Idaho basketball mixed with just the weakest schedule, uh, also what appears to be a pretty self-serving schedule for for Zach Kloss out of conference because the Idaho did not challenge themselves whatsoever. I haven't seen a single game on in ICCU where the top bleachers were pulled out. So like, like fans know fan, there's not the same level of interest in year one. Now you're uh, now year one. You also had the building being new. And we talked about this on tubs. ICCU as an attraction itself, you've got one year for sure. Maybe two where the building itself pulls people and we're throwing it away on Zach Claus. But I guess one of the things that have been tough for us and full disclosure, why it took this long for us to even talk basketball is Look, we, we feel like we know how this, this movie ends. And it's more frustrating that your average fan, your jackass with a podcast, knew this. But Terry Golick thought it was uh, not worth $75,000 for us to restart. And this is where we're at, Dallas, where, again, pulling the curtain further back. Both of us were not stoked to talk basketball. I love basketball. And I, I honestly, like, again, we don't censor each other on tubs. But I also talked to Dallas before the show saying, like, Dude, the team sucks. We got to talk about specific things. Uh, but that's just where we are because even going over specifics, Dallas, it almost feels unnecessary. It, I mean, it really does because, guys, at the end of the day here, there's there's only one conclusion you can draw from this. Zach Kloss should not be in charge of this program. I would say he's a nice guy. We used to say that because that's what we had been told. But then he went and threw the entire fucking team from last year under the bus. Take some goddamn accountability, man. Like... You are the guy in charge. This shit is on your shoulders. And yeah, you know, I I know that Zach Kloss doesn't like us. We've talked about it on this show before that our relationship with the Idaho Athletic Department can sometimes be hit or miss depending on who you talk to. Sorry. We're calling you out for not not holding yourself accountable, not not having any true standards this program is li living up to. Brian, you said that this program, like, they started hot. I think you said last year they started hot. They didn't start hot last year. They had one win in non-conference that was that mattered. They had Let me South Dakota that. State. They had some fun games to begin with. Okay, I will give you that. They had some games, that, you know, the Fresno State game that I think was a seven or six-point loss. The Long um, Beach State to open. Overtime Long Beach State. There were a couple to start there, but, I mean, the, the, the end of the day, the results were – that team won 71 games and most of them were in conference. I don't think Idaho's going to win as many conference games this year. I think this is a worse team than last year. I think if Isaac Jones wasn't on this team, I could see this team going one win or zero wins 
just like they did in the COVID year. And here we are again, year three of Zach Claus's contract, year four in charge. And we're talking about the same thing where we're, we're trying to find ways to talk about this team and make it engaging and make people care. But this is the least viewed show that we're going to have this year. It, it, it always is because nobody cares about this team. I don't care about this team. You couldn't pay me to go down to ICCU right now. I, no lie. You could not give me a free ticket and give me a $100 gift card. I would say, no, I'm not driving two hours to watch this shit. I can watch this on home. I can, like, there's just, we have this incredible new arena and we're just pissing it away because Terry Golick decided Zach Kloss is the guy. Have you ever seen basketball, Terry? This is not, this is not rocket science. This is pretty easy to tell. This shit is not working. Yeah, Idaho, I got to correct myself, guys. Idaho is not the worst scoring team in the big sky. They're the second worst in big sky play. 63.8 for Idaho, 60.5 for Northern Arizona. That's the bottom. It's a pretty big drop off uh, from number nine, Idaho, to number eight, Northern Colorado, 71.3. Uh, Idaho has the second worst scoring margin in the league at negative 10.8 in conference play. And I, I got to bring this up. Isaac Jones on the season. Um, dude is shooting 67.8%. This is conference only. So Jones is shooting 67.8% in conference play. He has the most field goal attempts of any big sky player in big sky play. But Idaho, with that, Idaho as a team is shooting third worst in the league. They've got a guy without Jones. That's they're easily bottom bottom of the league offensively. It's not close. And then just defensively, look, they're not that different. They're very similar result wise to the last couple seasons. So, yeah, that, this is where we're at. And look, <clears throat> I want to talk about the port the um, Portland State game. That's the most recent. Idaho lost that by 16 points. That was the last Saturday game. There's no Thursday game this week. Idaho will travel to Eastern Washington. And I'm sorry, Dallas, to say this. I'm probably going to that game. I anyway. hope you have a lot of fun. I, you could, again, I, shit, one of my close friends is about to take a job replacing Dave Cook. I mean, Dave Cook retired a couple years ago, but replacing Dave Cook as the sports information director at Eastern Washington. And if he gave me a sideline pass to that game, or excuse me, a courtside pass to that game, I would tell him to go fuck himself. There, I couldn't, you couldn't convince me to go watch this. So you're Anyways, not I'm not coming. Brian, the one thing I did want to point out, I want to I want to I want to talk about the future of this team over the rest of the season. Do you think there's any chance that this team gets to eight wins? Do you think this team gets to any to 10 wins? Where where do you think the barometer is? What what is a realistic end win total for Idaho this year? Man, that's rough. <sighs> because like to, let's just hit the big sky for a couple seconds. Um Weber State, it's a down year. Northern Arizona sucks. Uh, Northern Colorado, they can they can score all right, but like defensively, they're a dumpster fire. So there are a few wins. I think getting to I th and now, do you mean D one wins or total wins? I want to hear total wins. We're at six <laughs> technically. I want to hear what you think Idaho's the, the just the end. I know that you and I take the D one wins out because they mean nothing, or the D two and D three and NAIA and whatever the hell other the no offense to Northwest Indian College, but whatever the hell Northwest Indian College plays in, those don't matter, but they do reflect technically on the record. Oh, man, dude, this is this is pretty tough. I think um, 
I think 10 is feasible. I think like 10, like a Klaus could set a record for number of wins. One of his teams has, uh, because I, th- I do think that, uh, Jones is going to win a couple games on his own. It's like, I got to stress guys. Jones was 42 against Sacramento state was pretty effortless. He, the dude has moves. The dude has footwork. The dude has athleticism. He's got touch. Uh, I honestly don't understand how he's not. I I understand he's not averaging 30 points a game because Zach Kloss has been shitty about, uh, about reacting to defenses to get Jones better looks uh, specifically. Like if you, if teams are packing the pain or doubling him when he touches the ball, he needs to face up more. Jones has a face up game, but, uh, I think Jones himself is going to win a couple games for Idaho. So I'd probably say around 10 because there's, there isn't a post Jabril Bello is the only post who can kind of physically match up with Isaac Jones. And that's only if Idaho continues to be dumb next time they play Montana state and does not allow Isaac Jones to uh, face up on Bello from about 15 feet out. So uh, yeah, I'd say 10. Brian, I'm going to go with i uh, I'm you're going to be shocked here. I'm going to say Idaho wins two more games the rest of the season. I think so. Portland State, by the way, anybody that watched the Portland State game just last week uh, or last weekend, Portland State fucking sucks. Portland State's not a good team. Uh, they're mediocre. I mean, they're, they're the, the most top five Portland State team they could possibly be. Yeah, they do a lot of okay things and nothing very good. Yeah. Portland State gave everybody the blueprint to beating Idaho. I mean, hold on. Blueprint is putting it strongly. It's a the relative cave drawing. Term. The cave drawing that it took to beat Idaho was run in transition and press the shit out of them. And Penn State, or Penn State, Jesus, Dallas, Portland State took a 36-34 lead. Lead went back and forth a couple times there. That was right when Penn State, or Jesus, I did it again. It's been a long night. Portland State, whew, my goodness. When Portland State decided to press Idaho, the game completely fell apart. And to me... The Kloss didn't make any adjustments. I mean, not the Kloss has ever made any adjustments to begin with. Uh, shout out to Tom Kendall pointing that out, uh, that it just sucks watching Tom. Uh, Tom here saying, it is so tough to watch Idaho when there's hardly zero coaching going on at the top. Very few set plays, terrible substitutions, can't break the press, etc. Portland State gave every single team in the nation, the again, the cave drawing of how to beat Idaho. If you press them, they have no idea what to do. The coach doesn't know what to do. Jones is phenomenal, yes, but if you press him full court, if if you if, honestly, if you went 10, 12 deep and just full press the whole game, you would destroy Idaho every single time out. I Brian, I'm I'm looking at this. I see Idaho beating Northern Arizona at home and the Weber State, Idaho State at the end of this month. I think Idaho splits that. And outside of that, I think Idaho loses every other game the rest of the year. I don't see – I know Weber State is in a down year. Idaho State is on the way up, but they're still Idaho State. NAU is not very good. I think they win two games out of the, the six to go that they have against those schools, and that's it. And every other game is going to be ugly. So the pushback I have is not on your win total. It's that other – I think the blueprint came from Montana, which is to double Jones with Moffitt's man and get get Moffitt to press a little bit offensively because when Moffitt presses if his Moffitt is looks like one of the best three he could be like the best three on three basketball player in the history of three on three basketball he's he makes a lot of tough shots like kind of close to the basket but he has to hit those at a clip that he's not doing in big sky play he's averaging about 16 points a game on the season but he's shooting 37 percent in big sky play which is exactly what teams want is if Moffitt's going to shoot 
if Moffat's going to get to 16 points shooting 37, 37%, then the other team's fine. They're, they're okay with that awful efficiency. Keep in mind, Jones is shooting 70%. So anytime Jones is not getting a shot, it's a win for the other team. And if Moffat's going to shoot 37% every time he shoots, that's going to be considered a win for the other team. Uh, but doubling with Moffat's man is to me, what's going to be more effective. Cause I, I can, I think Sacramento state gave the opposite blueprint of they tried to play Jones straight up and you can't, you absolutely cannot play Isaac Jones straight up. He is too good. And Jones almost beat Sacramento state on his own scored more than half the team's points at 42. Uh, so I think we're, I think you're just going to see teams double much more. And you, there's things that we, Idaho still needs to do. Cause even if the teams are going to double Jones, they got to get him the ball where he can be aggressive away from the double team specifically facing up. Cause Jones can take big sky centers off the dribble at, from the free throw line, not three but from the free throw line, but I don't disagree with your basic point, man of team there's not a whole there's not a whole lot of drama left we're gonna we're gonna talk about the rest of the season for sure we'll talk about the eastern game for about 10 seconds but dallas i'm gonna have to throw it to you because we uh we've got a couple guys we got to talk about first uh so excuse me expedition guys who've been kind of kicking ass for tubs the club and kicking ass on the river take it away dallas you are muted martin where in god's name is that amateur hour oh fuck I so for anybody that uh, is curious of why I was muted there, I muted myself inside of StreamYard because I've learned that muting my microphone physically that click picks up in the recordings. So I muted myself in the software and not the hardware and forgot about it. Anyways, if you are looking for a great all inclusive week long vacation, do not look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the Main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You could even check out special trips like one to see the Per Said Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and take in the history along the river while fishing some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. Just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976, and they're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now, 800-262-1882, or check them out at HughesRiver.com. And now, Brian, you're muted. Jesus Christ. Man, we're, we're limping towards the finish line, guys. Limping towards the finish line. Martin, how do we not have the amateur hour cry run going? But, uh, Okay, next, Idaho plays this Saturday at Eastern Washington. Uh, Ken Palm gives Idaho a 15% chance of, uh, of beating Eastern. Uh, that is slightly more th than I would give. Eastern's been an interesting story, man, because uh, you know a couple years ago, Shantae Leggins left. The entire roster left with him, or then the Groves brothers went to Oklahoma. And David Riley took over. And look, David Riley's rebuilding year was still being right around right around a 500 team in the big sky and today eastern is 4-0 in big sky play i don't really care about their overall record because eastern did challenge themselves in that conference much more than idaho did uh, but the eagles are averaging 81.8 points per game on the offensive side they have the uh they have the third highest scoring margin at plus 6.3 uh defensively eastern's given up 75.5 so honestly they're kind of like my dream team of uh, they score a lot and they give up a lot which just means fun games um 
anything you're watching for in this game, Dallas, other than the, the like the brain dead part. Hey, is Idaho going to get Jones enough touches? And uh, will Idaho string together a couple stops? Um, I am waiting for Eastern to take a 20 point lead on Idaho. That's what I'm watching for. Um, and I will celebrate when that comes. Uh, I don't think this game is going to be particularly close. I think Eastern is going to wipe the floor with, with Idaho. Hopefully I'm wrong. Probably not. No, the question at this point is, is Jones going to win the game on his own? I, I differ a little bit in some of my, my takes on, the rest of the roster in that I do think there's some complimentary pieces on Idaho that could start at other good, good big sky schools. You know, my immediate reaction in the only tubs discord to the, both the start of the Montana and the start of the Sacramento state game is for the, you know, two minutes in, it seemed brain dead. Idaho had better athletic talent than both those teams, but then four minutes in brain dead, Idaho was not going to win the game, which is exactly what happened. So I, you know, like I brought up Yusuf Sali. He's, he's a solid role player. He could be a solid role player on a different team for sure. Um, it's unclear what Dom Ford's what his future is going to be because I you know you can see some some skill out of, out of Dom Ford, but then you also can tell he's just not yet comfortable with Division One basketball. Uh, Nigel Burris would be a piece almost any big sky school would want to have on their roster. Jones mm-hmm. is a brain dead. Everyone wants Jones. Everyone would kill for Jones. Any, anyone would bring on Jeremy Harden as an assistant coach to get Jones uh, along yep. with them. But hey, Idaho got got Harden happy easier. Um, yeah, dude. It's just rough, man. It... There's there's no answer here other than completely restarting this program. I got we're, to we're... Tubbs at the club. Sorry, I got to Tubbs at the club. I started broadcasting on Tubbs in 2018. It was when I loved that a football show existed for Idaho. I was pissed as hell about the Petrino stuff, but I, at least someone was talking about it, and that's what I needed. And I wanted to talk Vandal basketball. Nothing existed. So I pitched the idea. Uh, you know, Chris was running the show at the time. I pitched the, show, the idea to him and I ran the men's basketball shows solo. Uh, that's how into basketball I, I am is I would. And that was back when we actually edited the shows. Mm-hmm. So we weren't that comfortable talking live. So like there, there was a lot of labor that went into those shows to start with, but that's, that's my interest in basketball. It's my interest in Vandal basketball. Man, I'm I'm struggling like everyone else to get into the games because this is this is just what Idaho basketball is. Um, Zach Kloss needs to go. Zach Kloss needs to be fired. He should have been fired last year. He should never have been given the job. That's just where we're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess my one takeaway is I do get joy watching Isaac Jones. He is. We may never see another post this good at Idaho as Isaac Jones. Yeah. So I differ from you, Dallas. I think it's worth going to see Isaac Jones at least once in person. I think it's worth watching Isaac Jones. At, if you're not a hardcore basketball fan, it's at least wa- worth watching the dude a few times on TV. Uh, we've got one last ad read before we go over uh, closing closing things out, man. Nick Davis, Tubbs the Club listener, Vandal alum, guy who raises a shit ton of money for the Vandal Scholarship Fund because he does the best Vandal metal work you're ever going to find. You can buy his officially licensed stuff at uh, at the Vandal store. He does all the Vandal logos. He's got Grumpy Joe. He's got the Flaming Heads. He's got Happy Joe. He's got the eye. He also did this Tubbs at the Club original. That's King Spud. That's uh, King Spud with a sexy X-y visor on. Uh, you can you can get one of these. Just message either Tubbs of the Club at Tubbs the Club at gmail.com or, and that's Grumpy Joe on screen right now that Dallas has up uh, on Twitter. You can find us at Tubbs the Club. You can also message Nick Davis or you can email Tubbs the Club. We'll get you hooked up, man. Uh, if you, It's the best 
it is seriously like the best. If you want to put something on your wall, that's Vandal related. It does not get better than what Nick Davis does. So uh, yeah, give us a shout out. Someday we'll have a page up for it. But uh, anyway, thank you, Nick. My, but Brian, I just got to get one final thought out here. This watching this basketball team reminds me of watching Paul Petrino's final year, dead man walking everybody and their fucking dead dog from 20 years ago knows this guy should not be in charge of this program. There's enough talent here. This team should not be in the bottom of the big sky. Isaac Jones in himself should make teams question. Holy shit. This guy could win the entire goddamn tournament by himself. That's the level of player we're talking about here. And we had a good 10 minute discussion there about the two completely different ways to beat Idaho by double digits. That that's the takeaway I have from this episode. I gave you, here's how Portland state beat Idaho or Penn state beat Idaho. If you were talking to me five minutes ago, here's how they did it. And how, here's how every other team should do it. And then you countered with, well, here's how Montana did it. And this is how teams should do it. Both were effective. Both caused double-digit victories for the opponents. And here we are with our dicks in our hands thinking, well, Zach Kloss pissed away another goddamn year of this program. And I, for one, am fucking sick of this shit. Yeah, look, this is this is the point that we're going to hit on, then we'll, we'll just close out in a second, Dallas, is the I, th- I think Vandals have actual anxiety about, like, I disagree that this feels the same as Paul Petrino's team's because I, I know your basic point, so I'm not disagreeing with that. But Paul Petrino, you could his teams at least his team his teams won not that different numbers of games in a football season than Zach Kloss is averaging in a basketball season. Uh, Zach Kloss, it was a, it was seventy five thousand dollars. Tubbs of the club was the only entity who had published about this in the summer. That's how much it would have cost to buy out Paul Petrino's contract. I'm just not Jesus Christ. Again, now now we're getting thrown, things mixed up. That it would have cost seventy five thousand dollars to buy out Zach Claus's contract in the in the summer. Honestly, if Terry would have announced Zach was fi- Zach Claus was fired, he, she would have raised that in five in a day to cover the cost. People would have been elated to have someone else going on there. I am glad Jeremy Harden's here because now I, I at least have a guy to tell myself, hey, if Claus gets fired mid year, at least we get to see someone competent Harden was a head coach at Wenatchee Valley worked for Leon Rice at Boise State he's he's he has a real background he's a better coach than Zach Kloss has ever proven to be yeah we've been told off the record that um Harden does a lot of a lot of in-game adjustments there's a lot of good stuff happening there uh, which isn't to say anything about the other assistant coaches we just don't have people telling us about them um but look I mean this is the point I'm getting at is it feels like Terry had clearly has different standards for Zach Loss because it would have cost nothing to get out of the dude's contract. She would have raised the money effortlessly had but she fired him. It, Brian, and also look the lost revenue in tickets. Well, the lost revenue in fucking in from ticket sales too. New head coach, you would have had that too. And yes, I know what you're getting at. Uh, there is not a budget crisis. Idaho's adding uh, D1 games for football, which is good. We want that, but that costs money. Um, Idaho's fundraising has been much better uh thanks to, honestly thanks to jason again look the the administrative staff is doing great in terms of fundraising so i want to, want to acknowledge that too um they're doing much better with outreach to on the administrative side not just the coaches so like there are things the administration is doing well of course but this basketball thing is really upsetting uh to a lot of people who care and most people react by doing the opposite of us dallas as they just turn off so that's where we're at in uh, in acknowledgement of turning off, we're going to change our recording schedule this this year for basketball guys. Because look, we're still going to cover it, 
but we're we're gonna start to give a different level of attention for basketball because we think it's worth having light on, but we also don't think it's worth annihilating our weeks for. So uh, we're going to mostly record batched reactions to games on Saturday slash Sunday, depending on when we can make it work. Once basketball season's over, we're going to go back to the normal Tuesday recording schedule. We'll take our summer break too. This change will not impact next football season where we're going to do our same at this point, the plans to the same three episodes a week to the extent we can. Uh, but for basketball season, um, look, we have the feedback. We know what's going on. We're still going to cover the team, but it's not worth a night. Anni- it's not worth anyone annihilating their weeks for if Zach Claus has run the show. So uh, that's all I got. But anyway, man, it's, it kicks ass to be a vandal. Just sucks to talk about men's basketball. Martin, you want to throw in anything about the women's women's team before we run out? Uh, I'll leave it. You guys did a great job going an hour long talking about the men's basketball team. I'll, I don't want to. I want to leave that just that taste in your mouth. Sit for another week, and then I'll start talking next week. Yeah, Dallas didn't think we'd hit an hour. And I got to tell you, man, there's a lot of ways to talk about bad Dallas music. didn't want to hit an hour. Let's let's be perfectly clear. I This show could have gone four hours. I could have just sat here telling you all what my truly deepest, darkest hatreds of, of this program are. I just didn't want to go an hour. Well, you're welcome. All right, I guys. mean, but again, I can give my, my, my thoughts here in 30 seconds, like, Zach Kloss sucks. He shouldn't have should have never had this job. Every year he's been here has just been a continued waste of resources in this program. And honestly, if you're going to commit to this guy, kill the fucking program. Like, if he's still here after his contract is done, if for some reason Terry Golick decides, oh, he made it to eight wins, he's, you know what, we got to give him one more shot. Fucking kill the program. Which we're of course not going to kill the program. That means we we need someone competent who can lead it. And we, we, I've said this a ton of times. There's a lot of coaches who would love to start their career as head coaches at university of Idaho with this arena. There's a lot of coaches who would love to get their careers back on track at U of I. We're going to get Idaho. will get someone good if they will just move on. And with that, go Vandals. Go Vandals. This is producer Brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with. So I'm just going, we're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday.